Welcome back, everybody, to In the Deep End with Lexi and Tomas. Yes, we're excited for this one um, because today we'll be talking about taking things personally. Or, or, ooh, ooh, ooh me? Oh, how it hits. Are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lexi, what makes us experts of talking about well, well, trying to not take things personally is for me, uh, taking things personally all my life and oh, yeah. the pain then the frustration and just the not fun that that uh, uh, puts me in, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, same here. I mean, a lifetime of being in my own mental sphere, taking lots <laughs> of things that have nothing to do with me very personally. You know, yeah, that's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a long journey with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and we wanted to talk about it today because, um, well, for me, I've, I've put a lot of work into this mm -hmm. and, and, uh, not taking things so personally anymore and have really figured out for me, a lot of stuff that was going on, um, and, and how it's much better and much calmer um, and peaceful now. But I found this uh, really great, literally simple Google search quote uh, uh -huh. definition on taking things personally, which we, we all know, but this, this is how clear it is. And I love this. So it says, taking things personally means you take everything to heart. Even if, it, even if something isn't about you, you have the perceived mindset that it is. When you live with a great deal of perceived personal importance in your mind, you end up taking things personally because you're assuming that everything is about you. Um, yeah, pretty accurate, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very accurate. Very. Yeah, accurate. and and for me, I'll I'll just kind of go into how this, how I you know struggle with this uh, for many many years, but also the biggest thing was not really knowing I was taking things personally. I remember going to college and thinking I'm the most carefree person I know. You know, I I am who I am. I don't I don't need to perform or be anyone else for for anyone. Um, I was like I I give no f's. You know what I mean? I'm 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 the most you know free person I know. Mm -hmm. And then I quickly realized I cared so much about what other people yeah. thought of me. Approval. Um. Yeah, I, I went to all guys Catholic high school and it's when you wear dress pants, dress tie, dress shoes, you wear the same thing every day and you're around guys all day. You don't really need to like be aware of what you're giving off. It was very, very easy. And then going to acting school and completely different environment, um, I very quickly realized I cared a lot about what other people thought. And I, and I very quickly realized I thought I had a lot of, you know, confidence and self-esteem and that was out of the window really quick. Um, because growing up and, and at, in high school, I was, you know, the, the lead actor and everything. And then you go to school where everyone was the lead actor in their small town, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> and very yeah. quickly you're like, so what am I best at anymore? And, uh, mm -hmm. not really having that. And so I realized with, with this idea of taking things personally for me, um, it comes from being a perfectionist, mm -hmm. having or struggling with low self-esteem, and then my pride and my ego, yeah. you know, that literally uh, everything 
has to do with me. If something is happening wrong, like why is this happening to me? Right. If something is happening right, it's what did I do for this to happen right? Mm-hmm. Karma, you know, destiny, great timing, good luck. Everything was some, I'm just very, it was very egocentric. I still am sometimes. I'm just a little bit more aware of it, but very egocentric. It's like Tomas's world. Um, you ever seen that movie with Jim Carrey, uh, The Truman Show? Yes. I you ever, you ever had that experience, you know, that experience of going through life feeling like you're on uh, the Lexi show and everything oh, is sure. kind of happening through you and to you and about you? Yeah, yeah. Very like, you know, you you talking about kind of going from, you know, local high school acting to college. I think I had a similar experience, right? Of like, you know, a, a very big wake up call when you are among people who are just as good as you, if not better than you, right? And so that's um yeah, and so but also like kind of like being in that, you know, an acting school could breed that kind of, you know, very self-reflective about me perception. Mm-hmm. It could breed it more than perhaps like other areas. So um, I think it, it kind of goes along with the territory of growing, being an artist. I think you go through this period of being really like in your own sphere, in your own world, like, you know, trying to figure out. Well, I, th- I think too, not just acting school. I think, you know, if you're in one place, for 17, 18 years, and then you move to a completely new place yeah. and everyone is is there for a first time. Like, I think everyone goes through this experience of like, who am I now in this space? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah. And then, and to, you know, going back, Lexi, to like how I've realized this um, surfacing in me is and I was very. This is I want to make clear too. I was very unaware of this until years later when I've done a lot of work uh, looking inside and writing out some stuff. But I, I very quickly, you know, coming to New York, coming, you know, going to college, I realized um, if you were better looking than me, I was jealous. Uh, I was really introduced to like wealth and like people with money, and I was like, this is what is this new stratosphere? You know, coming to New York, it was like uh, going to a, a house party was going to someone's second penthouse apartment of their family. And I was like, what? what is this? We're overlooking Central Park. I was like, what is happening? So, you know, if you had more money than me, if you were better looking than me, I was jealous. If you had connections in the industry, I was like, okay, well, if I had more money, if I was better looking, if I had connections in the industry, I'd... I'd be a, you know, a successful actor too, you know, mm-hmm. and really just taking like, like, God, why, why did I grow up here? Why did this happen? Da, da, da. And just everything ha- was happening to me. And I was in such a victim mindset yeah. and so unaware of this kind of snowball building in my head of being jealous, being resentful, taking things personally and, uh, you know, if I had what you had, I, you know, I, I could do something too, you know, and that mm-hmm. just kind of snowballing for me over the years and, and, and really being unaware of this, this bitterness that was forming in me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think when you kind of give up or, or you, you think that other people have a direct effect on the outcome of your life, right. That mm-hmm. can breed 
a lot of, you know, anxiety, resentment. If you, if you kind of think that other people, other people's view of you dictate who you are, your self-worth and your life, right. That could lead to a, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of issues. And you're basically giving up your own power, right. To other people is essentially what it is. You're letting other people determine these factors about you, right. That you're not even, you're not even taking the chance to define yourself or see mm-hmm. your, see your own self. You're just looking at the reflection of how, how, how you think you're being perceived. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for you, Lexi, what was, I kind of went through some of the stuff that I've, I've struggled with and I've worked a lot on, but, and still working, but it's, it's not as heavy as it used to be. Uh, what for you were kind of the biggest things that, that you'd work been working through or still working through that, that you had to really confront and look at? Oh gosh. I mean, <laughs> where do, where do I start? Where do um, I start? Where do I start? <laughs> uh, I am a former people pleaser, still am trying to a recovery Ooh, people pleaser. Yeah. And you know, Me too. The, the, the thing with people pleasing you get such a high from the, oh, that was great. Or, oh, you're, you know, oh, that you're, you're, you're so good at that. Or, you know, it's just like, it's, it's also like, um, I also had this, uh, desire to appeal to authority figures. Right. So that Mm -hmm. was part of my thing, you know, want like a perfectionist, that kind of, that kind of thing. But with, you know, where I totally lost myself, right? I'm, I'm going to kind of, I'm trying to meet somebody else's bar if I don't even realize if I want it, right? What I was actually going for was the validation of like the, yes, you're good enough, right? That's, that's what, that's what's behind people pleasing, or at least that, that's what was behind it for me, you know, in terms of um, getting my self-worth from other people's approval of me, right? Mm -hmm. Not based on what I actually wanted, how I saw myself, only solely based on if other people thought I was good enough. And that's a very old thing for me that I've, I've had to deal with throughout my life that I, you know, that my self-worth is only dictated. I'm only as worthy as other people deem me to be, right? Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's a, a problem. A lot of people come up with in their life. But for me, it's been pretty, it's pretty, it's been pretty pervasive and pretty deep for me. And um, yeah, I've been working on for a long time. No, that's super interesting, Lexi. And um, it it makes me think because for me, I I rebelled against authority figures. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're going to tell me what I need to do, you know, go F yourself. And I I don't know where that came from. Um, Definitely experienced it in, uh, you know, trying to conform in, in high school, you had having to say a prayer before every class and this and that. And, and I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, just like really rebelled. But but what I did, and I'm such a people pleaser as well. But what I would do is I'd create these things of like, Oh, these are cool people. And I'm what do I need to do to get to be liked by these cool people. Yeah. And and those cool people, I think I kind of went into is like, okay, whether you're wealthier or charismatic or or you know just the way they are or um talented i i would just deem like these are the cool people and what do i need to do and who do i need to be to be liked by them right you know and that was so unaware of it but and and usually it was the wrong people too 
you know, it's yeah. like they're they're a they're a partier. They're so charismatic. They're out. It's like I didn't I didn't look up to the people who were you know working their butts off, uh, you know, turning in you know great work. I was I was looking into, I was looking up to people that that you know probably I shouldn't have been looking up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so interesting because that's how I, and I realize now for sure like rebelling against authority figures. I mean, the, a lot of these were you know certain teachers and stuff, and I was just really not in a place to learn and listen, right. you know, I was like, I don't, what can I learn from you? Um, <laughs> what can I learn? What can I learn from you teacher? <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that's so the opposite of, that's so funny. That's so the opposite of how I viewed, like they were like authority figures were like God in my um, head, right? Like anything mm. they said was, you know, Oh, I have to do that you know, um, and that has to do with a lot of my issues growing up that I kind of put, you know, these people in authority up on a pedestal. Yeah. I mean, I, I did that, but then too, and I'm realizing right now as I'm kind of reflecting on it, but if you didn't like me, I was like, screw you. Then I'm not going to take your class seriously (laughs) and completely, uh, you know, you know, destroy my own experience of learning in this environment. Like, oh, you don't like if I if I liked you as a teacher, mm-hmm. I went one hundred and twelve percent into yeah. whatever it was. And if I didn't like you, or or if I felt like you didn't like me, like this is the taking things personally. It's like, oh, you don't like me. I'm gonna have my education suffer and not participate in this class. Like, and not knowing this is what I was doing, but I was like, oh, you don't you don't like me fine. And, and I couldn't find a way to be charismatic or manipulate or, or I did all this work and then you're still not going to like me. Like right. I, I, you know, threw away opportunities in this cause you didn't like me. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No. And, and that's how you kind of, that's how you internalized it. That's how you made it about, you know, your, your self-worth, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's what you, that's what you did with it. With me, it was, I, I wanted to work harder. Like, let's say I didn't get the approval. I made mm-hmm. it a direct rather than like, Oh, I, then you're not getting any of me. I made, I made it into how can I change myself? Like, yeah. so I, cause my, that's just, that's what I did with it is like, Oh, I'm not good enough. You're right. How can I change myself? Which thinking about it, it's like, it's actually so sad that I yeah. had such a malleable sense of self-worth at that time. Um, but yeah, it was very much reality for me that I adapted to whatever environment I was in. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, what that makes me think of too, I kind of want to get, start to get into like the solution a little bit for <laughs> me. And cause yeah. what I realized too, what I did and, and, you know, we're kind of talking about for me, like, 18 to 22 years old and and the awareness i have now of like who i was being and how i was being yeah i wish i had it then but it is what it is um and it just came came from years later reflecting back and doing a lot of inner inner discovery on it but for me too what i would do is i would deem a certain teacher or a certain person as like oh this person's really cool who do I need to be? How do I need to impress them? And and put them on a pedestal. Like, and what do I need to do to perform or be liked by this person? Yeah. And um, and then when that didn't work, it would it would just crush me. And then I would re- revolt and say, you know yeah. what? That dude's a dick. That dude doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, and just right. like build a story of why 
I was then and justify you know my behavior after that it's protective it's it's yeah so protective yeah and and what I've come to understand now right is the way someone thinks behaves or acts is none of my business none of my business how someone is as a teacher how someone carries themselves uh what someone says how they perceive me is none of my business right and more than that i had unrealistic expectations of all of these people in my life mm-hmm. you know i that yeah. this acting teacher this this teacher over here would look at me and go tomas he's a special guy I'm going to give this guy special attention because he's so darn special. Yeah. And not knowing I was doing this, right? And creating this in my head and needing this. And I don't even, I still don't understand where it comes from. Now I can just understand that this is what was going on. So I had unrealistic expectations that these people would give me special treatment, that I would be every teacher's favorite student that I would get special attention from every teacher, every every person that I deemed cool in my life, mm-hmm. that I the Tomas would be number one in their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can look back on that now and be like, dude, what? what? <laughs> like, where, where did you come up with that? Yeah. But that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. And when you didn't behave the way I want you to behave, when you didn't treat me in a special way, mm-hmm. I said, screw you. I'm not, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be present in this. And I mean, can you, can you relate to that, that dynamic a little bit? This, this, uh, 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 you know, the way they're behaving is none of my business and creating unrealistic expectations of who I need these people to be from, for my comfort. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I definitely had also the same thing you're talking about, the special, you know, thing, you know, you know, thinking that I, and that, you know, that yeah and that you need to be treated specially that they you know they see some something special in in you and it ends up because it's all in your it's all in your head right it's all Mm -hmm. it's all things that you're playing out in your head and it's not based in reality right and i think that's a really hard thing for a young person to understand um because i'm also talking about behavior when i was around that age you know 18 22 right you think like you know, that really, it's hard to, it's hard to realize that, like, that everything like that teacher did or said, or that boss did or said, like, is not about you, you know, it's, it's, it's because you you feel like it is because you because of your own, like self worth barometer, right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you think like a certain um, thing they said, or a certain um question they asked you or they're asking me this because they 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 really believe in me right now and it's like no i think that's blowing it out of proportion right it's just they're just asking you a question you know so um yeah was that answering what else what else were you saying there with that what they were asking me no no it's it's good and and then kind of more of like how this kept keeps resurfing and kept resurfing in my life is the way this would manifest at work, right? Every time I started a new job, mm-hmm. I would be like, okay, this is the boss, right? Yeah. Who right. do I need to be to be the special employee? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna work 150%. I'm gonna work everyone under the table. I'm gonna work harder than everyone. I'm gonna be the most reliable. 
I'm going to be the number one guy who fixes all the problems. Mm -hmm. And at every job I would do, I would start at like 180%. What's your availability? Always. Right. You know, yeah, what what shifts can you work? Any ones you work, right. especially yeah. the ones that no one wants to work. Those are my favorite. Right. Like, and just, I didn't know how to just be a worker. Yeah. I only knew how to be the hardest worker at the company. And I was going to show you I was the hardest worker at the company. And in a month, I was going to be burnt out and hate myself right. and, and and then have to adjust. But this is how I started every job. And I, you know, like I, it, yeah. it, it just followed me, this way of putting people on a pedestal. You know, who do I need to be to please them? I've identified that this is the cool, I mean, it's easy at work. Like you're the boss. Okay, what do I need to do to make right. you like me more than anyone else? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very, it's, 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 it's really real, right? And it becomes mm -hmm. almost an, an addiction, right? It's like, almost you can't even realize that you're, that you're doing it. It's like, you know, I. Yeah, you, 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 you get high off behavior. of the validation, yes. Yes. off the validation exactly. and, and the, you know, the kudos. Great job. Yeah. Right. It feels real. Like, oh, it's, you know, oh, you have open availability. That's amazing. Even if it doesn't work for me, you know, it's all about the other, it's like about the other person, but like, they think I'm, they, they really like me in that moment that I'm open, even though it's like, this doesn't work for me. That's no, the inside, inside yeah. me is like, no, that's not what I want. No, it, but it's all about outside validation. Like all, like, it's all about Ugh. like, you know, and it's so, um, and then it's like, well, like all these people like me, like me and they're happy out here, but like inside I feel fucking terrible because none of this is what I want. I'm doing all of this for other people, but like I get my self-worth from what other people think about me, not what, what I think about me, right? So when you start to realize like and wake up to like, like, whoa, like I hate this. I hate this, like serving other people. I hate this version of me. You know, like that's when it starts. It's like you realize like, oh, I'm not listening to anything I want. This is all about what other people want. And I've worked my life around giving other people what they want. And the, when you start to like realign with like what you actually want or figure it, figure it out, because if you spend a life of people pleasing or you spend a life of doing things for other people, you don't even know what you want, to be honest. And, and that yeah. is like, that's a self-discovery journey in itself. Right? Yeah. Is figuring out actually, what do I want? You know? Yeah. And it's, it's sometimes hard to figure out. Well, well, Lexi, I think you hit the, the nugget there of, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, taking things personally. Why do I take things personally? It's, it's because I have low self-esteem, right? And I have low self-esteem, so I need outside validation of how I'm doing and what, and, and I'm searching for it out there. And I, and I say that having done this, you know, much of my life and still aware of when I'm doing this. Yeah. And so I, I have low self-esteem. I need to get it from somewhere. And you, 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 and you, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it from y'all. I'm going to get yeah. it from work. I'm going to get it from this relationship. Um, this is going to sustain me. This is going to sustain me. And eventually like, I got to go home. I got to be alone. And that's when it all, you know, comes in. And, and why do I take things? Why have I taken things so personally is because if I'm building this kind of mainframe for my sen myself, where I 
kind of balance my emotional equilibrium from, you know, out external outputs, I'm going to take everything personally. I'm going to take everything personally. The way someone walks on the sidewalk, the way someone looks at me, because I'm like, why did they look at me that way? Right. You know, is it is it what I'm wearing? Do I smell? Did I shower this morning? Like, I'm going to take everything personally. Yeah. Um, it reminds me... Um, I don't know if this relates or not, but it's what I'm thinking of. I was, um, I was having a bad day. I was having a bad day. Um, and I just was, I was in a rut. I was in one of those ruts and, um, I was, I was smoking cigarettes at the time. This was years ago. And a homeless man, uh, asked me for a cigarette. Happens all the time. You know, mm -hmm. there's pandering and, and, and homeless all over New York mm -hmm. and everywhere. But a homeless man asked me for a cigarette. And I was like, sorry, man, it's like my last one. He goes, oh, come on, man, like, what the heck? And I lost it. I was like, bro, why don't you get a job? Then you can buy your own. And it was just like, ah. Oh. And like, I felt great for three seconds because it yeah. feels good to like get in that rage and then just felt awful for days yeah. after. I mean, he, you know, but I just, I took it so personally in that moment. You know, of of just like literally a, a homeless man asking for a cigarette felt like he completely devalued me and who I'm being. Mm -hmm. And like that that's how that's how little I had in myself at that moment that this man could affect me that much. Right. He like you know? broke you with that request. He made me snap. A homeless yeah. man asking for a cigarette, like made me snap. I've been asked for a cigarette or, or a dollar, you know, multiple times a day, you know, yeah. uh, in New York. Um, but, and it just, but I can see now that like, I was just in it. I, I was so in a bad place mentally and spiritually. And that guy was able to get under my skin yeah. because I didn't like who I was at that time, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And when you're constantly like sacrificing a part of yourself, which you probably were at that time for other people, it starts to build up, right? And then, so even even the smallest request from somebody else can make you <laughs> explode, right? If you're constantly yeah. giving yourself away in ways that you don't want to be, mm -hmm. right? Then when you, like, the more requests you get, you know, especially when you don't want to, eventually you'll you'll explode, you know? Yeah. Because you're, you're, you haven't put those boundaries up. You haven't even realized what it means to give yourself something. So it makes, it makes sense. It makes sense yeah. to me. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, it's just, it's so, it's, it's so real. It's so real when you're being guided by other people's desires for you, for, for yourself and not your own. All of all of these problems come up. I mean, there's there's feelings of depression, anxiety, frustration, anger, right? And and it's hard to. I mean, and when you live a life, you know, kind of trying to pursuing that, right? Pursuing other people's feelings about you. That I mean, you're you're. I'm getting the phrase. You're lost in the sauce, right? You're lost yeah. in you know something that. You can't even figure out your own direction. And yeah. because of that, there's all of these negative emotions that go along with it. So I guess, mm -hmm. so I guess now would be a good time to talk about how we get out of that. Once, once you realize like, 
I'm not living a life at all for me. Like, yes. Yeah. Like what are some, what are some things that. I mean, here's, here's one. Uh, yeah. I like that. And then and I have a story kind of bridging into that. And I was uh, going like this. Cause it's, it's very personal. And I was yeah. like, they, yeah. they might, they probably will listen to this episode, but um, no, one of, one of my toughest in terms of, and this is very much relinked to, you know, a massive shift for me for not taking things personally anymore. And, um, and it's easy, easier to talk about it now because now we have a really great relationship. And, and one of these, these biggest shifts that I had to have was, was my relationship with my brother. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. I was able to realize through a lot of work, I wanted my brother to love me the way I needed him to love me to make me feel good. I'm sensitive. I'm a hugger. I'm a feeler. I got a lot of emotions. My brother's not like that. <laughs> you know, he's very um he's very smart. He's very practical. He does things his way. And um if I was ever in trouble, like I would call my brother to help me bury the body. You know what I mean? My yeah. brother shows up and will mm-hmm. always show up. But I I my much of my life, I was like I just need him I need him to love me the way I need him to love me. And, and that's not, that's not him. That's not who he is, you know? And, um, and I remember when he asked me to be uh, his best man at his wedding. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what? Me? I was like, I thought you'd go with, you know, Matt, your best friend. And I, and I was honestly blown away. I was like, oh my God, like my, my brother loves me. Um, and I was like 26 years old. Um, but it, but it was, it was kind of like the, the crack in my armor of started to, to shift. Um, and, and what I just came to realize is like, look, I have unrealistic expectations of, of who this man is yeah. and, and, you know, I want him to behave in a way, uh, and show me, he loves me in a way that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's just not, that's just not who he is. That's not yeah. real. Right. And as soon as I was able to accept, so acceptance is huge, right? As soon as I was able to accept my brother is exactly the way he is. Yeah. And that's it. And there's nothing I can do to change. And I got my stuff going on, you know? Mm-hmm. But as soon as I was able to just accept that that's like this pressure released on my shoulders that had been there mm-hmm. unknowingly for like 26 years. Yeah. And and I stopped looking uh, for what he wasn't able to give it right. from him because my my brother loves the heck out of me. You know, mm-hmm. he would do anything for me. Um, he just doesn't show it the way that I show it to other people, but it doesn't mean he loves me any less. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was a massive moment in my life. Um, and, and, you know, years later, our relationship has never been as, as good as it has now. And as I've shifted in needing less from him in that way, mm-hmm. I've stopped being so reactive and I've stopped saying like when he did it and like, yeah. what do I do is like practically like, I don't talk to him about certain things because certain things I want him to, to be with me. Like I want him to be my confidant on like this thing, this thing, and this thing. I got other people I can talk to about that, but mm-hmm. 
what I can talk to him about now is, is, is finances. We talk about dreams and what we're building. Um, we talk a lot about relationships now. Um, and like, this was not available to me years ago because uh -huh. I, w I had so much built up resentment that I wasn't aware of. But when I was able to kind of let go of my brother being a version of himself that he's not, um, it's been beautiful. It's been really amazing the past five, six years um, of what's shifted. And he hasn't changed. Yeah. What's changed is my lack of reaction to him and my changing my expectations of him and, right. and just letting him be who he is. And it's, mm -hmm. I get emotional about it all the time because it's like, uh, you know, I, a lot of people have trouble, you know, troublesome relationships with their um, siblings. And I'm, so I'm very blessed to, to, to be where I'm at with my brother now. And it's like, I'm 31. We got a lot, many, many years of, of growing and seeing where, where the relationship can grow and change to. So. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, that's really lovely that you've been able to make that discovery now. And yeah, as you said, you have so much more growth and it's, it's, it's exciting to see where the relationship will go now, now that you've kind of taken the pressure off yourself that it needs to be a certain way, right? But it's also the idea of what a brother-brother relationship is, right? Or a sister-sister, mm -hmm. sister-brother, right? We all have these ideas or mother-daughter, daughter-father, father-son. There's all these ideas that we get of what that relationship is supposed to be like, how we're supposed to behave yeah. in those relationships and what we're supposed to get in those relationships. And oftentimes it doesn't meet this idea we have, right? And so- we do all of these things to ourselves and those other people when it's not meeting our idea. Yeah. When I think the thing is exactly what you said to kind of let it exist, let it be what it is, right? Rather mm -hmm. than force it to be something it's not. Well, and, and I, I love that you said kind of, you know, comparing to a, an ideal. And I was, I was very, I was jealous of other brother, right. sister and brother, brothers uh, that I knew. I was like, I, how are you like that? But it's like, dude, I was annoying. I was annoying as a kid. I was a pest. I was the worst. You know what I mean? And I couldn't see that. I yeah. was like, why don't you like me? I'm your brother. It's like, because you're annoying. <laughs> That's why. I was like, right. but I'm amazed. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that. but that's been my biggest shift of like, just not taking things personally and and I want to really harp on like, I had to see it. I yeah. had to make the yeah. shift. Yeah. Um, I had to, I had to cultivate the awareness of what's actually happening here. Mm -hmm. And I was able to see like, oh, my brother's not loving me the way that I need him to love me for me to feel okay. And I was like, yeah. great. W you know, and then being able to look, okay, well, that's, un that's not realistic the way that you need. And when I let go, when I, when I saw the clarity one and of what was really happening, then I could go, huh, so how can I maybe see something else? How can mm -hmm. I not need that? And it's, mm -hmm. it's been a massive shift in my life that I've kind of been able to put to, to really every relationship and just look at like, what's really happening here? What am I, yeah. what's the story I'm trying to have, you know? Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that the biggest thing that's coming up for me around all this, Lexi, is what taking things personally and then and the shift of, of how do I not take 
things personally is it's it's responsibility. It's taking mm-hmm. responsibility and having acceptance for my place in things, my yeah. reactions, my behaviors, accountability, accountability. Yeah. And when I'm taking things personally, I'm putting all the responsibility outside Correct. of who yes. I'm being, what's happening in my life, why things aren't working out the way they are. Well, if I had a better living situation, if I, my boss wasn't a dick, if I went to this school instead of that one, if I did that instead of this, and I, and I, I'm putting, I'm putting everything outside. I'm, I'm letting every external uh, factor determine how I'm being and, and if I feel okay. And the shift for me was, no, it's you. It's mm-hmm. you. It's it's my lack of acceptance of of people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to start to look at that, mm-hmm. and I, I was able to really start taking accountability for who are you being, Tomas? Right. You know what are you not working on? Because when I am taking things personally, and I'm and I'm you know giving you the power or my boss the power to determine how I'm doing. It's just, it, it, I'm stuck, right. you know? It takes all of your, it takes your personal power away, right? And so your your power to create change within your own life. Yeah. When, you, when you're constantly putting it out there, right? It's, you're a victim, right? You're a victim to your to- own it's, life. Mm-hmm. It, it's total than, victim mindset. Yeah. I'm, I'm in self, self-pity. Mm-hmm. And um and I'm letting the world affect me rather than me affecting the world. Right. Exactly. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's such a powerful stance and such an such an important switch to make to take control of your life rather than have these out these external things feel like they're controlling you. You know? And then I mean it's such you have such more autonomy. You're, and once you start to realize that, you you become less affected by these external things. Once you start to clean your side of the street, so to speak, you start to realize that, like, oh, it wasn't it wasn't you know that interaction with that friend, or it wasn't them that 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 did that. It was me. I could have I could have I could have behaved better in that. I could have done something better in that. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not blaming as much these external things, but owning what I could have done or what I could do now to better own the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the first step with it is you got to look at it. Right. You You have to. And it's really scary. Yeah. Like I have to have courage to look at my stuff Yeah, and like, what's going on here? And and I didn't, I didn't for years. And I stewed in self-pity and victim mindsets. Why is this happening to me? What, you know, what's going on? What did I do if I only had this? Mm-hmm. I had to look at it and, and, I, and I wrote that down. And, and there's, there's a lot of ways, but like maybe it's getting into therapy. Maybe it's finding some close friends and, and talking more openly about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding a support group in that way. Um, I think we're engineered, uh, to not ask for help a lot Yeah, and, uh, that, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it out, you know, or I'm gonna go on a, 
I'm going to go on a road trip and get quiet. And maybe I, I think that actually sounds like a really cool idea, you know, mm-hmm. but like, where can you find quiet? Where can you find stillness to just pause and look at what's really going on? I mean, that, that for me was like, I, I want to know what's going on. Like, why am I this way? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember being like, why didn't I get the good work ethic? Like my, my brother, my mom, my dad, great work ethics, like great powers of example. Like what happened to me? You know, I was just so caught up in my own crap. Yeah, your own you know? story, right? And it's a story. Yeah. It is. It is a story. It is very much a story we tell ourselves because in any moment you could change the story, right? But oftentimes we let these past situations, these past relationships, these past scenarios dictate what we do now, what we do presently, yeah. and that spills over to your future. Yeah. Well, and to change the story, you need to know what it is yet, right? Uh, first. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, just so I'm, 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 I'm like wanting to give solution and it's like the, the first step in, and however you do it is you gotta, you gotta look at it. You gotta look at who you're being and what's going on mm-hmm. and, um, you know, journaling, writing that out. But I, I literally did that. I wrote down, you know, everyone in my life that I resented or had something against. And then I looked at like, what's my part? What am mm-hmm. I doing? It's like, I'm so sensitive. Mm-hmm. I want special treatment. Yeah. Oh, when you don't behave the way I want, I get mad. And you don't even know what's going on because it's all in my head. <laughs> right. You're not, vo- yeah, not, not vocalizing it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a huge, yeah. yeah. I didn't know how to like confront people and, and not in a challenging way, but like talk to people about, what I need, what my boundaries were. Um, yeah, I just did, resented you at home in my bedroom, saying why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For for me, it was it was similar. Like the not asking for help was a, was a big thing. And when I first when I because you in that you have to be vulnerable enough to know and admit that like I need help, right? Mm-hmm. That you know you can't do it all, right? That yeah. um, that help would actually make the situation better you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it takes a certain amount of vulnerability and to face how maybe you've been doing it wrong. And for me, that was my big thing, right? Of mm-hmm. giving up my old way of doing things to ask to do something new. And a lot of anger came up because my old way, I felt like I got a lot of approval from people or it, it was all about external and not about me. So I had to deal with a lot of like, that, and it wasn't really getting me what I wanted. So I had to deal with all of this anger, resentment inside that the work actually comes from me. And I yeah. I have to take control of my life. I'm the only one who can make real change in my life, long-lasting change that makes me feel good. So it was really much like cleaning my side of the street thing, taking ownership of my finances, what's going on with that, taking ownership of the fact I'm miserable in my job, right? But taking ownership... I think it's, it's what we were talking about, realizing what's wrong, right, is taking the ownership of willing to be doing something about it, being vulnerable to be like, vulnerable enough to be like, it's not working. This is not working, right? And yeah. I think it's, it's hard for a lot of people because there's pride and ego involved, but that's the only way you could start to create change is when you admit that it's not working. Yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, I know for me, you know, pain is is the touchstone of sp- of spiritual growth. So a, a lot of these epiphanies or these moments for me that have happened had been on the 
the back end of hitting a rock bottom in something like yeah. this is not working what's going on yeah. so unfortunately for me like pain has usually been my like emotional or spiritual pain um not so much physical for me has been uh has been my motivation to change and look at like what's what's going on bud i i, I can't do this anymore we we got to try something else it's not supposed to be this hard yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes that's what needs to happen. I mean, like, you know, they, yeah. they, there's the reason why that phrase exists. You have to hit rock bottom because for some people that is the impetus, you know, and sometimes there is, there is truth to that. When you get really down to the bottom, like only do you realize that there's nowhere else but up, right? So it's like you mm -hmm. kind of have to get to the, and that's part of the journey for some people in a sense is to get to that low point, you know? of the, of the mm. bad behavior, get to the lowest point of the bad behavior to then be able to like kind of sprout anew. But isn't there an easier way, Lexi? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to like your whole life needs to go to shit. That's why I, I said that in a, yeah. I, no, I agree. I I'm just but being I feel like silly. It's, it's yeah, no, but in a sense, and it, and that doesn't mean like your lowest point doesn't mean that everything in your life needs to go to shit. But I think you need to, it, there needs to be enough, a strong enough pull to want to change your entire perspective. Right. And that takes a lot, right. It needs to be something heavy enough and important enough that you want to change your whole life for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had many of these and they always feel just as, strong and guttural as the last but um it's not true it's just the way it feels but yeah yeah i think i think that's growing lexi it that's is. just growing and evolving you know <laughs> it is it is and I, another thing i want to say too is i think it's really important in this process as you know you're growing and changing is ha having compassion for yourself compassion for those old wounded parts like compassion for little me who just wanted to get it right for other people man like oh my god like having instead of judging that part of yourself which i think people get trapped in a lot mm -hmm. judging oh that's bad i shouldn't do that oh that's bad there's there's a little person inside of you that just wants to be seen and heard and feel and feel good <sighs> you know, and that's where all of that comes from. Um, and so rather than like, you know, kind of scold yourself for like, if you, if you fall back a few steps, you know, I think the answer is more having compassion for yourself rather than. Lexi, you know. I, I love that because that's, that's something I really had to do is, is compassion and forgiveness of myself. Yeah. Um, where I, you know, I had a lot of anger and resentment and shame towards, you know, maybe not taking advantage of some amazing opportunities from 18 to 21, you know, and, and where life could have gone. But to look back now with literally, I'm like, oh, poor baby, mm -hmm. like 18 year old Tomas. And, and, and now I just want to give him a hug and be yeah. like, dude, you are doing the best you can with no tools. <laughs> Like you are, you are doing the best you can. And it, and, and really, cause it was, it was such a source of like, oh my, if I did this or this or this, I'd, I would have been in LA, I would have been a famous Disney or Nickelodeon star by now. And, um, and now I just, I just look back on that young boy who thought he was a man and I'm like, oh buddy, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I, you know, so whatever, 
yeah, as much compassion and um, forgiveness as I can for myself, it, it was really key um, to just move on and and be able to just be okay with where I'm at today. You know, mm-hmm. I um, I love this little like uh, I don't know what you call it acronym anecdote um, that I've struggled with a lot, and a lot of people is like when I have a one foot in the past and one foot in the future. I'm in perfect position to take a shit on my present. You know? know? So, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about what if back then. And I think about a lot of like the future of like, what if I can, what if. And then when I'm thinking past and I'm thinking future, I'm in a perfect position to just not be where I am today. Right. The present moment, baby. That's the present. The present present moment. That's everything. everything. I mean, you know, it's because it's, it's only, it's, it's where you are, you know, you're not your past anymore. And just, I know I brought this up earlier, but oftentimes we replay, we re a lot of people are reliving their past every day, right? Yeah. When you're self-critical, when you're, when you judge, when you harp on old behaviors, I mean, you are living in the past. And your Mm -hmm. mind is living in the past. And so what are you going to get? Past behaviors, past actions, past scenarios. So it's really important to make that switch. And, you know, same thing with the future. If you're thinking too much about the future, right? There's a lot of pressure there. That breeds anxiety, um, worry. So to be in the present uh, with knowledge of what you, of the good feelings you want in the future the kind of uh, the future you you want right is, is is kind of key yeah yeah and lexi I, uh, speaking of the present i think that's a great place to stop because we've yeah. really covered some great stuff here we did um got got a little vulnerable shared shared some stuff but it was a lot a lot of good a lot of good a lot of good stuff yeah we'll, I, think- I think we'll leave it there yeah, you know, we, we covered a lot around around this topic. Um, kind of went beyond it as well, but I think it's 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 all a part of the same theme of self-worth. And I think it's really important to be constantly working on in your life. Totally. And we'll be checking in. But in the meantime, everyone, we will see you on the next episode of In the Deep End. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.